This episode was made possible by our incredible patrons. Their faithful support allows us to continue the work of amplifying the voices of spiritual abuse survivors. We are a small team composed of two families. We committed early on to not monetizing any of the stories, so we rely solely on the donations of our Patreon community to operate. If you value the work and are able to contribute, you can join for as little as $5 a month. Another way to support Bodies Behind the Bus is by following, rating, and reviewing the podcast. It only takes a moment, but has a tremendous impact on our reach. Thank you for daring to listen. Hello, I'm Jonna, and this week my co-host Jay and I check in with Nicole from episode five. So if you haven't heard that story yet, hit that pause button and go back to listen before continuing on. We hear all about her journey since the release of her story. This conversation was so heartwarming and we're delighted to bring her back for this special episode of At the Bus Stop by the Bodies Behind the Bus podcast. Today, we're so excited for this at the bus stop to bring back one of our first storytellers, Nicole. Oh my gosh. Okay, first off, we have to just acknowledge that seeing your face in this context is so awesome because last time we talked, it was a very traumatic season for you and it was just a lot of a different, it was a very different context. So yeah. it's awesome to be able to bring you back and hear about like the amazing good things that have been happening in your life that God has been doing with your gifts and all that good stuff. So welcome. Thanks. I'm literally already about to start crying. So this is <laughs> good start. I feel like there's gonna be same amount of tears just for very different reasons this time around. So <laughs> give us all the happy tears. Yay. We need that. <laughs> It's so good to see you. You too. Let's start with, for everybody, I believe your episode was episode five. So if you haven't heard Nicole's story, you can go back and hear that there. But since then, a lot has happened. Do you mind catching everybody up to speed on what's happened in your life since your episode came out and where you're at now? Absolutely. Would love to share. And I do feel like I need to give a caveat that I give to like, everyone in our real life that has kind of like been with us as we've like sort of gone through all of this process and and walked through some of this healing. I in no way recommend any of what we did. I in no way, I'm like, this is the way you should go about this. If anything, the Lord was very kind to us (laughs) and protecting us from probably a lot of what could have easily been not great situations. I mean, he he really was just incredibly kind to protect us in a season that we were still just so vulnerable and mm-hmm. so not okay. Um, even mm-hmm. looking back, you know, I'm coming up on a year. This next week, October 13th, will be when I got fired. Um, and wow. So I this know. is like an anniversary. I know. A bad anniversary. The we'll worst we'll make it a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I uh, got fired in October. We found this church plant uh, in December is is the first weekend we went. And it was like during Christmas season, sort of. And so it was still and, and during like a COVID spike. So we, it's not like we kind of dove straight in. We kind of had a little bit of space to to figure out, okay, how does this feel? Like, are we really okay to be back? But all that being said, it was very fast. 
And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think everyone's situation coming out of spiritual abuse and church trauma is, is different. But for us, um, we had no one. I mean, absolutely no one. And and so we were kind of coming to this place of healing where we needed somebody. Like we needed someone to talk to. We needed friends. We needed people like outside of just me and Troy. I know for me personally, I didn't even know how to do that outside of a church setting, like how to meet people. And and truly the idea of like joining a kickball league or like, I don't know, like a book club, <laughs> like we were still so hurt and like barely people <laughs> that mm-hmm. I was like, what new person is going to like want to be friends with this right now? Like, Mm-hmm. I, I felt like I had no capacity to start relationships, let alone build like solid foundations for them. And so it, it was just a really helpless feeling of I, the only place I knew to look was another church. But that was also really terrifying because <laughs> obviously of what happened and, and you know, in, in my story specifically, our our experience with this church and even with Acts 29 was not exactly like the only bad experience we had had in a church setting. It was really just like a culmination of a lot of very similar experiences that just sort of reached an ultimate end that those other ones hadn't yet. And Mm -hmm. so it's not like we could just go back to looking at what we were looking at before, but then we also just felt like, so like, what else do we look at? Like, we just didn't even know where to start. Um, And then specifically for me as like a woman still very much wanting to pursue ministry, like that again, praise God, (laughs) and by his kindness was one thing that never really wavered for me was that I knew that this was something I was called to. And it was a lot of processing, like, will that look different? Uh, Will it it be in the church setting the way that I have known the church setting? And what does that even mean anymore? So still a lot of that, but um, same kind of position in that regard of, I don't even know where to look. Like, I didn't know any female pastors. I didn't know any egalitarian churches. I knew enough about them to know that they still weren't perfect. And there was still a lot of sexism that went on there. And so it was just a lot of like, what do we even do? Where do we even look? But oh my gosh, we need people. And I don't know what other avenue to take here. And so again, this is where I'm like, not advising this to anybody. (laughs) It's like, I don't even know if it was a decision. Like it was just like Uh, out of just this desperate, we're just going to take this one step and pray to God we don't get humbled again. Um, And so that one step for me uh, came about on Twitter, good old Twitter. And I (laughs) had followed a a pastor there for a while who uh, his church was based out of Austin. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, figured, okay, he he might have like some type of Texas connection. And if I'm going to like start to venture into any sort of avenue, this feels probably closest to at least a little bit familiar that we aren't like completely jumping into a whole new atmosphere that we just like know nothing about, but unfamiliar enough that it felt at least a little bit safer. And so kind of just asked him like, hey, do you know of any churches similar to yours in the Houston area? And uh, he had let us know uh, of two suggestions. Um, One was a more established church, but was like 40 minutes from us. But then he did mention that they had just planted a church six weeks prior to that. That was far closer to us. And as soon as he said church plant, my heart just like could have burst in that moment, even toward the end of my experience with our former church. As I was very sure and aware, my long-term future in ministry would not be a part of complementarian spaces and started 
to sort of think beyond that of like, what would I, if I got to actually do anything, like really, truly dream about any job, any place in ministry, what would that look like? Uh, Church planning was something that really excited me. I loved the idea of doing a million different things at once. (laughs) I loved the (laughs) idea of getting to help form and shape something, of getting to view just like every possible ministry and every possible grouping of people in our church holistically. And like, how can we do these things together from the get-go? So we're not ending up, you know, several years down the line with all these segmented random ministries doing their own thing. Like just so many things that I had, I had witnessed and become very passionate about um, and about wanting to give voice to in previous ministry positions. It just made sense to, to get to do that from the ground up. And so as soon as he said that, I was like, let's try it. (laughs) And, and again, I think that was another reason, like we were more likely to try something that fast because it, it just felt in every way different. And even our first visit, like it, I mean, we meet in a YMCA and so we didn't have to really walk into another church building again. Um, Mm -hmm. the worship was not this like full band lights sort of worship that, you know, most evangelical people are used to at this point. Even the preaching, just like the words that he used, the way that he spoke about scripture was just so different. And it felt safe. It felt like close enough to the elements of what we missed and what we longed for, but far enough away from the culture that we had come to know that we could actually just sit and be in it and enjoy it. Yeah, that first service was amazing. We uh, spoke with some people after. And again, (laughs) not recommending this to anybody because this was not like, we did not think this through. Of course, you meet new people in a church. They're going to ask you, what brought you here? And what do you do for a living? They asked us that. And I just started bawling my eyes out because (laughs) I didn't know how to answer that. I was not ready to answer that. And these poor people are just asking me like normal small talk questions and like had completely just like upended my trauma. And so I just started like bawling and these poor people are like, oh my God, what's happening? But they, I mean, they just were so gracious and kind and were just immediately like wanting to introduce me to the pastor and like connect us. And he reached out within like minutes of us leaving the service and to like have them just see immediately this very vulnerable, they didn't even know why I was crying, like vulnerable place for me and immediately meet that with like, welcoming and 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 reaching out to me uh was was really impactful and so um yeah grabbed coffee with the pastor that week and that was a definitely several hour meeting of me just like trauma dumping all of it onto him again don't (laughs) recommend it do not recommend that to anybody uh but I was still like in this response of like feeling this need to talk about it and and when I did talk about it I I felt like I had to give every single detail because it I still hadn't made total sense of it in my brain and and some of it was also like if 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 I'm gonna run him off I want it to be now like <laughs> let's get it all out on the table uh yeah. and and as much as I can just like let him know where we're coming from and uh again that conversation he handled it with such grace and and empathy. And and I think a big thing that I was really nervous about as we started to explore just a very different culture uh, was it was always very beautiful to be in more egalitarian settings and and have people 
almost so unfamiliar with what we had experienced that it was just shocking. But it was also really isolating when that would happen because for them, they're like, why were you even ever a part of it? Like, why would you even go that route, especially as a woman? Like, you knew you wanted to be in ministry when you were 19. Like, why did you even venture into that? And and it was never in judgment or anything like that. But I think it's just hard for people to understand who haven't kind of been indoctrinated into that culture, that haven't been told since like the formation of your faith that this is right, that this is God's design, God's will. What was really beautiful about that coffee with this pastor is he had he had, had enough similar experience as well to really be able to connect with me in that and know the pain that we had went through and and know the reasons to stay and know the reasons that like we had fought as hard as we did. And also know the pain when you realize that fight is just never enough, when you have to finally let go of that fight. I think he knew that too. And so here come the tears. So it was just like this beautiful like longing that I had had to like be met with empathy in these conversations, but also with a certain level of understanding that I wasn't having to completely re-describe this whole culture that I've been a part of for so long. And, And he just like met me in that so wonderfully. Um that from from that point forward again it was not like this instant this is our home now like it was just a constant uncertainty of this could be good this could be horrible this could be a really bad decision we could be doing this way too fast but one day at a time it just felt like okay let's let's commit today let's commit you know this lunch let's commit this small group let's commit you know these little kind of baby steps into involvement and you know fast forward into so that was December ish Fast forward into February, that's when I officially got hired on with them. And, you know, like as a ministry person that feels just like called to this and really excited about it, it's hard to belong to a church without that kind of constantly being part of the conversation. (laughs) It's like how much you enjoy ministry and love ministry. And so that kind of been uh, a conversation like as we had started committing to the church, because that's what was hard to it at this time. We were still deciding like what to do for a job. Uh, we had just bought a house. We didn't have health insurance anymore. And so we still needed something. And mm-hmm. I, the only thing I was trained to do, the only thing I had experience in was ministry. And so mm-hmm. that was a, a kind of hard decision early on. Like, do we, this was a church plant. Like, we knew they weren't going to have a ton of money. The likelihood of them being able to hire me right out the gate was not high. And even if they could, it's not like they were going to be like doling out the cash there. <laughs> so, and of course, that's not why we do it. Like it's not. But uh, also, we bought a house. <laughs> it's like, we, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just like realities to that. And so um, but even like our pastor, I mean, was just so incredibly like if you need to go somewhere else, like if we need to find you something, uh, if we need to like pull our resources together and and figure out a place for you to go and and get to use your gifts, wow. like we can do that. And just more and more, it was clear, like, we we really were getting more and more excited about, like, committing ourselves to this community, whatever that looked like, and yeah. and wanted to just trust, like, okay, if this is me working at Starbucks for the next, you know, however long to supplement that, like, it just felt so safe for our souls that I wanted to mm-hmm. trust all of the, like, physical need that we had, we could get creative, like, we could figure something out, because that, mm-hmm. our souls just needed to be priority in that season. It came through that, you know, they were able to hire me uh, pretty shortly after. Uh, again, 
definitely with a small amount of hours and uh, like not a ton there, but it was a step and it was like, okay, like that's something and and we can work with that. And they kind of kept just progressing like that for the next like several months as uh, as our little church grew bit by bit as me and our pastor, Justin, like just got to grow in our partnership and working together and figuring out like what what that could look like, what I was good at. I mean, this was the first time I ever got to be in a ministry context where I wasn't constantly having to ask the question, what am I allowed to do? I actually yeah. got to start asking, like, what do I want to do? Um, what am I called to do? What is the Lord yeah. asking of me to do? And actual ha- actually have full freedom to answer that. And so, I mean, in a lot of ways, we're still in the middle of that. Like, that has been a long process of yeah. um, just uncovering oh, I think this is something that I'm good at. And, oh, I can do this with men and women now. Cool. <laughs> like this thing that I'm good at was not gendered, like uh, even though that's the only place I was allowed to do it and so many things like that. And, and even just, I think the the biggest thing, probably hardest thing has been sort of an unraveling of my own identity that I had had mm. since 19 things about me that I thought were in a way sinful, thought like they were things I'd have to constantly guard against, um, pray against, like watch temptation around that those like are the very things that in this context Mm. are seen as good (laughs) and beautiful and holy and like for the purpose of building up the church. And I can't even express the type of mind fudge that that is in your brain to like have this Mm -hmm. thing that for years you have like placed before the Lord as something bad or dangerous Mm -hmm. or not of him to now be in a context and have just the spirit constantly affirm like no this was given for goodness and beauty and to be used it's still really really hard for me to wrap my brain around that to feel like confidence in that and kind of similar to us finding the church, it's just been like these little steps of, okay, I think I think yeah. this is it. Okay, I think this is obedience. I think this is Lord where you're asking me to go. And then him constantly meeting those baby steps with like, yes, yes, yes. Like, here's the fruit of that. Here's the goodness of that. Yes, you're on the right track. And it's just been the most like tender, beautiful journey with him. And, and both finding the church is also, and also just like finding myself in this church yeah. and, and finding who I am as a, pastor which it's still so weird no Uh, yeah uh tell everybody what's your title what is your title now you have a title i do look at me so fancy (laughs) uh so so right now my uh title is community pastor um pastor that's with a capital p everyone yeah i'm even i'm even first on our website which is pretty cool uh and it's like low-key intentional like just so you know right out the gate here's our female pastor right (laughs) so you know you're walking into which i love and it's so it's just these little things that are so opposite of i can't even tell you how many church websites like gone to where the staff page is literally just all these dudes Dudes. at the top and you got to scroll like for seven minutes to find a woman and there they are like all at the bottom and it's just like even these little things of what does this say about our culture but um so even the fact that that was like an intentional decision of our pastor to put me at the top in that like it, it just these little things that are just so 
kind and and healing and just intentionally restorative to what we've experienced. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I could go on just endlessly about the ways that we've gotten to see that and the ways that this community has just rallied around us, surrounded us, just loved us so incredibly well and have just helped encourage me in these just baby steps of finding out like who I get to be in this context and who the Lord has always asked of me to be. I've just never gotten to actually step into that before. And uh, it's really cool to get to do that with a community that we feel safe with, with a community that we feel equally as excited about me doing that as we are is just also kind of crazy, like to not always be scared (laughs) or timid or, oh, if they find out this is what I want to do, or if they find out like, this is what I'm passionate about, they'll have a certain feeling about me or, or will enter into a really awkward conversation or anything like that. But to just feel full freedom to let the people that I get to serve and minister to know fully who I am as a minister mm-hmm. and what I care about, what I'm passionate about is just the coolest gift ever. And now I'm just going yeah. on and on and on. So I, I think it's great. We love it. Yeah. Hit us with it all. You know, <laughs> I would, I noticed you've been preaching every once in a while. Yeah. What is that like? <laughs> like yeah. in big church, guys, in yeah. big church. In front of grown up, grown up men, right? Grown men. Yeah. yeah. In front of the I, adults. There, the there. men are there. <laughs> None of them have walked out yet. Knock on wood. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, as, as, well, as far as I could tell, unless they snuck out to the bathroom. But uh, yeah. <laughs> How has that been? Like, what was that like preaching your first sermon on a Sunday morning, like oh to big church? That like was... I, did you grow up calling it, it that? Did anybody else church. call it that growing yeah, up? Like you're church. going to big church. We definitely did like in youth. Like that was big yeah. church. And we were like, I don't know, little church or whatever. <laughs> Kid church, yes. I don't know. Kids. Um, yeah, that was whew, a lot. <laughs> yeah, a I'm lot sure. of emotions that yeah. went into that. Uh, a lot of just not even, I think, just not even knowing how to feel about it. Like that, that's what was really hard for so long. Any opportunity I got to preach or teach or whatever the heck they were calling what I was doing in whatever context. There were just so many layers to that of, of, okay, be grateful. Okay, like, this is kind of your chance, but don't make it about that because that's not what it's supposed to be about. But also, if you do bad, then they'll probably never let you do this again. And they'll probably also think poorly on women, but like, don't put pressure on yourself. And so like, those were the mental gymnastics that would go through my brain every single time that I taught that mm. to then do it in this context, I was like, yeah. I don't even know how to do this. <laughs> how to think about it. Did you start where you like, first off, anyone that is a man that is 18 years old <laughs> or older is going to need to leave the room, including high schoolers. So if you're sorry. 18. Oh, oh that's horrible. Off. Oh, boy. I, that's yeah. what they were saying yeah. to you, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and honestly, that's what even I think for me to it's it's been interesting sort of organizing my own thoughts and everything yeah. like i think it's easy to see my progression of you know where we are now i'm preaching on sundays i've taken a title pastor and i think it's easy to view that as okay she just became egalitarian and those are just her beliefs now and why that might while that might be valid like that's just so not what 
went on in my brain was like, okay, mm. I'm going to be an egalitarian now. And I'm going to agree with this, this, and that. Like, there was just so much more of a holistic understanding of even like what I was going to do that morning so far beyond just, I'm going to preach to men. Like it was this, I'm going <laughs> to cry again, just fair warning. Uh, <laughs> adjust, adjust the volume as needed. Um, <laughs> but it, it was more about this, this thing that I love and have always felt the spirit in, like to finally get to do that with our whole church, like our whole body. Um, that was what I was excited. It wasn't like I get to preach on a Sunday. It was like, I get to do this thing, mm. not just with the small pocket of people off in a corner that no one even knows about or cares about, or is even going to ask me about the next day. Like I get to do this thing with our whole body, with these, this whole community that loves me with a man that cares for me and has taken me under his wing and is supporting me and is going to give me feedback the next day and is going to be excited for me to do it again. Like there was just so much more to that moment than this. I'm okay with preaching on a Sunday morning now <laughs> that, right. um, yeah, it was, it was beautiful and emotional and also scary and having to overcome so many fears and, you know, constant just lies that still swarm around in my brain. Um, I think the biggest fear that I had going into that week, uh, <laughs> spent a lot of time in therapy about, was just this genuine fear like the Lord would not be with me up there. And like as someone that that's like your gift, that that's what you love to do, like the idea of doing it without the Lord in it with you, like it's horrible. It's horrifying. Like to even to prep in that way, to um, step up to that platform in that way. It's just, it's gut-wrenching to have any ounce of that fear in you. Um, but when you've been told for forever, like, you know, God would never bless a church with a female pastor. And, you know, that that is just so outside God's will and God's design. Like he, you know, he'd never approve of that. He'd never bless it. All of that was still there. Like all of that was yeah. still in my mind and and still in that constant fear of like, what if that's true? What if they're right? Like, what if it feels different? What if it feels like he isn't there? Um, mm. What do I do? <laughs> what it was, like, that's really horrible. And, uh, you know, it wasn't that way at all. So yay. <laughs> it was the exact opposite. Um, and it was, it was, he was there in ways that were just so new and cool. And, and again, like we're just so rooted in even what I had been through and what I had walked through, how much of that formed in me, this love for preaching in a way that was so beyond performative, that was so beyond just like wanting a mic in my hand. Like, when the only times that you get to teach or preach are in those segregated settings, mm -hmm. off in a corner mm -hmm. where no one even really knows what you're doing, like you, you gotta love it. Like you gotta see like a, a goodness in it so far beyond just wanting to be in front of people. And I mean, that's the only yeah. way that I think many women are sustained in those spaces. And so to have that love and understanding of preaching that I did because of that time and because of what I had had to go through to then get to take that up there with me in this setting that was now just met with full freedom and acceptance mm -hmm. and excitement from these people. It was 
it was just a whole other thing. Like it was just like this whole mess of beauty and and grace and just coolness and goodness and and to just get to do that pretty consistently now is kind of wild. I'm still not used to it. I'm still not over it. Like I still like get so excited about it and still even like working out muscles in it, right? Of, okay, I, you know, what does this feel like to do it consistently? What does this feel like to do it for a whole body where, you know, I'm, I'm not just preaching to uh, this kind of one mini community within a bigger body where, especially as teenagers, like there's only so much they can do. There's only so much they're in control of like, okay, now I get to give this message to a whole church, a whole, a whole people, adults that, do get to make their own decisions and like do get to, you know, really take this and run with it. Um, there's just so many elements to it now that make it just a, a whole new and exciting thing that I still get to take so much of what we've walked through and what I've been through into it that it's just been, even for my own soul, just such a beautiful experience mm. with the Lord to have, like every time I sit down to prep, have him do that work of, Here's where you've been, and here's why that matters, and here how here's how that's forming this now. But here's the goodness of what this is now, and and now I get to like form you into doing this too, and it's it's really cool. <laughs> All of that was so beautiful, and there's probably women that are in similar positions. You know, they could be all ages who have this burning desire to be in ministry. They feel like their gifts and talents are in ministry and they have had similar untruths and lives spoken to them for, you know, who knows, some of them, maybe decades. What would you say to those women? What encouragement would you have for them? Oh, so many things. <laughs> and just, I think my heart goes to so many specific scenarios that I know, like women that are still in it, women that want to be out of it, but aren't ready yet. Um, women that aren't sure if they should want to be out of it. Women that are coming out of it and don't know where to go. Like, I think there's so many nuances and just um, individual things that we as women have to wrestle with, with that conversation that it's, I mean, it's hard to give a, a perfect encouragement to any of it, but I'll, I'll try twofold, I guess. Uh, I think to any woman that's, that's still in it and wrestling, you know, and, and just trying to find what is faithfulness and obedience and a use of my gifts in the setting that I'm in, whatever that setting may be. I want to be so careful with this encouragement because I so often had the sovereignty of God, and I'm using quotes here, uh, sovereignty of God used against me to say, you know, if you you really believed in the sovereignty of God, you would believe that whatever parameters we're putting on you, whatever boundaries, whatever you're limited to, that would be good enough because God, that's God, like God's sovereign and he's using it. And, and so if you're a one in something else, like that's just you essentially being ungrateful. Mm -hmm. And, and I hate <laughs> that his sovereignty has been used in that way to yeah. almost keep women where they are when rather his sovereignty is such an encouragement to women where they are in that wherever you are, for however long you need to be there, um, for however long, whatever physical need is keeping you there, whatever soul level need is keeping you there, just whatever fear is keeping you there with whatever, just I'm not ready is keeping you there. Mm. He is so sovereign over your gifts and your call mm. and he is forming you in ways 
Mm. You won't believe. Like you, like it's so far beyond our understanding, but it is so, so good. And I guarantee you however long it takes, um, however long that road is, whatever that road looks like, he will be so kind and good Mm -hmm. to just show up again and again and again and show you this is how I was forming you every single second of that time. He is not going to waste it. Uh, He's not going to let it be used against you. (laughs) And um, he is not going to forget it. And and for whenever that time comes that those things you start to see and they start to come up, it is going to be such a sweet and beautiful, holy gift. Um, And just as your sister who doesn't even know you, who's ever listening to this, like I, I get excited thinking about him just constantly doing that for all of his daughters, um, because it's just, this doesn't get to win. Like this just, just wicked and twisted framework of, of silencing women and holding women back. Like it doesn't get to win. It will not win. And that is true of whoever is listening to this right now. This is true of your story, your gifts, your call, uh, Mm. the Lord and his freedom and his restoration will win. Um, whatever that looks like, however long it takes. Um, and he will use exactly where you are at and what your experience currently is um, to that end. And and that is what his sovereignty means. Yeah. I don't care what anybody else says. <laughs> we got a sermon. John, we got a sermon. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking I said twofold. That was, that was the whole fold. That was, <laughs> that was amazing. I don't know what the second fold was. No, it's gone was now. That was that the was whole great. thing. Beautiful. That was amazing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thanks for the question. Uh, Well, Nicole, your journey has been such an encouragement to me. It makes me emotional (laughs) because I feel like I, I think we reference this kind of a lot, but it is so easy to lose hope. Um, especially with the stories that Jay and I hear and like stories like your journey and seeing God's steadfastness in your life just the intentional ways that he has continued to show up and you have continued to just step in boldness and faith into just the next I I'm thinking like frozen to like the next right thing <laughs> I'm yeah. like that's like the story here you know like so it's much. <laughs> Jay. and yes I do have four <laughs> boys that I make sing and watch frozen with me because I'm like I have no other option but oh my word you like God's faithfulness in your life has been so helpful to my own heart and my own encouragement, like that, like he cares and he's there and like he hasn't disappeared and he loves the church and seeing him love you. And then in turn, you love others with that love has just been really beautiful. So I know I'm speaking for J2 a little bit, but (laughs) we're just, we are so beyond honored to have met you and have been able to see this journey. And I cannot wait till the next time we talk. I, (laughs) there's no way I'm letting you get away with not coming back again at some point. (laughs) I can't wait to hear like what amazing things God has done and shaped and grown in your life. Even the next time we connect. So I wish I could hug you right now. I'm so grateful for you taking this little, I know. Taking this time to reconnect with us. Jay, did you want to say anything else before we let her go? I can't wait to see what um, is done in your church, too, and in your community. That's going to be amazing, too, and I can't wait to hear about it. Heck, me, too. (laughs) I can't wait (laughs) to see what's going to (laughs) happen. Man. 
Well, yeah. this has been awesome. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, I guys. Asked.